Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We have a great opportunity for you to serve, but where will you serve this year? Well, we'll find out more about um, this unique opportunity to serve. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. It is a unique opportunity to get to serve as a volunteer. So joining us today, Krista Young, also DCE, Partnership Coordinator for LCMS Africa Region. Krista, welcome. Hello. It's nice to have you. You're here in the in the IC, the International Center with us now. I am. I think last time we talked, you were serving abroad in Africa, right? Yeah, I lived in Nairobi, Kenya. I like to, miss, I like to say that I'm a Still an African missionary mm-hmm. deployed to the St. Louis office. Well, welcome to the St. Louis <laughs> office. Glad to have you here. And along with us, Tara Wolf. She's also a DCE and a volunteer with the Office of International Mission. She serves as director of Next Generations Ministries at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Served as a volunteer on one of the teams with Krista. Mm-hmm. Tara, welcome to the coffee hour. Thank you. Good to be here. So, Krista, tell us, how do volunteers serve with LCMS Office of International Mission in regions like Africa? Do they work with people? Do they work with mm-hmm. things? Do mm-hmm. they? What kinds of ways do people get to serve mm-hmm. as volunteers? There's all different ways. There's things that are listed, and then there's also opportunities that we can kind of create depending on the individual or the group. But some of the most famous or most popular are theological ed. Pastors might come and teach at a seminary. We have agricultural consultants who work with the agricultural folks in different parts of Africa. Tara just did a kids camp, so working with missionary children women's conferences, youth conferences, just basically the the sky is the limit in terms of what we could offer. So it sounds like there's a pretty wide variety of skill sets and talents that can be used on the mission field. Yeah, yeah. Almost as if God calls all of us and, and has a place <laughs> for all of us to serve. Yeah. That sounds pretty fantastic. So tell us about some of the people, the volunteers that you've been able to work with and, and serve alongside over your years. So some of them, I think, have been actually been on this show. Some of my, a couple of my favorite volunteers are Delano and Linda Meyer. Mm-hmm. They are farmers in western Western um, Minnesota, and they served in in West Africa and started an agricultural consultancy as part of their ministry with LCMS missions years and years ago. And now they serve um, part time, and they go typically once a year when it's, you know, COVID allows and work with villages and and church leaders to share information that might help them help the villagers grow better, have a better yield for their harvest. And they're in their late seventies, I think. And they're just a real inspiration because they understand the culture. They understand how to, how to go in and ask questions. And they've just been a lot of fun to travel with. And I really enjoy them. And you are correct. They've been on the coffee hour mm-hmm. multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I think we're past due for another visit with them because it's spring and it's planting season mm-hmm. here in North America. So I think we're about due for some yeah, gardening they, conversations with them. They just returned from Kenya in the middle, the beginning of March. They were there for um, six, a shorter time this time, six weeks. They usually go for a few more weeks. But yeah, they, they really... And the, the fun thing is then when they go back to places where they have 
presented in the past and then seen the people actually using some of the information or or sharing back with them how it worked it's a real it's a real blessing and you can see that there's been an impact there it's beautiful really mm-hmm now, Tara, Krista mentioned that you served as a volunteer with Kids Camp. Tell us what led you to consider serving as a volunteer in the... Well, Andy, I'm always up for a great adventure <laughs> and to see where God is leading. So when Krista reached out and shared with me that the adults are would be learning about peacemaking and conflict coaching with Ambassadors of Reconciliation, I knew I really had to pray and consider how to be a part of this team. I'm a pretty passionate person about helping others learn how to be peacemakers and to enter into conflict with God's plan for reconciliation and not not the world's plan. And I don't know about you, but I think as Christians, we're often tempted to deal with conflict in an in unhealthy, unbiblical manner. And that's what you get when we give into our sinful approach to life, right? But but Jesus calls us to a better way, a way that reminds us to keep God at the center, and that how every conflict provides opportunities uh, to glorify God, serve others, and grow to be like Christ. And so. As soon as you told me that, I got the excitement flare of, ooh, this might be something that I could do and and really see how we could help lead kids and students through something parallel to what their parents were learning to give the entire family some general principles and language, you know, to be able to engage in peacemaking right in their homes and communities. So it really just piqued my interest and and I'm excited that I went. That does sound very exciting. How were you able to prepare for your time to volunteer on this? Sarah, good, good question. Lots of preparation, right? And I'm sure you can guess the first part of the process, but, you know, prayer was at the core of the preparation and participation in this team. We built a team together and it was important to be in contact with that team. Um, You know, and thanks to technology, obviously, our team was able to prepare quote unquote, together across three different time zones. I spent time preparing to use a peacemaking curriculum and then sharing that with the rest of the team so that we could all kind of get on board with that and work on our uh, respective age groups and prepare for that. And then the Office of International Mission was really helpful in getting information to our team that we needed to know about, like, basic logistics for the trip, right? To what to expect, uh, different vaccinations we needed, how to register mm. with the state department, you know, that type of thing. So um, I was really grateful that we have such a dedicated office for missions that can help make us feel supported, you know, and, and prepared to go. So once you went, you know, through that process of considering, praying, applying, and we'll talk more about the application process in a little bit. But once you went through that process and then started preparing, doing all the, you know, the things you needed to do logistically to get there and and you get there and you get on the ground, what was it like once you got there? What was, what were like your first couple of days like there? And then what did a, a typical day during the camp look like? So when we first arrived, we arrived into Cairo and we did that purposely so that we would have some time to get adjusted to the the time difference. For me, it was about eight hours ahead of time, ahead of our our time in Mountain Standard Time. And so it was it was wise of our team, I would say, to all convene and and get on the correct time zone and also to spend just a little time seeing some of the sites in Egypt so that we could have a better appreciation of where we were and where we were serving. And also, obviously, the all the connections, right, to history and to the Bible there. So we we spent some time getting to know each other on the team and preparing more in person and getting acclimated to the area. And then, you know, when we we were with the kids and the teenagers of the missionary families, we started the morning out with uh, devotions with the entire group of participants. 
And then we broke off to our special, like we had a club area <laughs> where we were able to take over space and really make it our own. And so then we began with some music and prayer and then a brief overview of the day so that all the kids and teenagers knew kind of what to expect. We find that it's a little easier to get everybody on board when when they know when, you know, like snack is going to be uh, served. <laughs> so we, you know, we had three different age groups and we followed the same general schedule using uh, a peacemaking curriculum, their, their videos and activities, and then some outdoor game time, hangout time, and of course, snack time. We were, we were able to bring some American snacks that they don't usually get every day. And just so you know, if you're ever going goldfish, it's a favorite across the board. So <laughs> this little tidbit there, so... Snacks are a universal language, I'm pretty sure. So (laughs) tell us more about this, what it was like teaching this curriculum to kids, the ways that that you were able to kind of facilitate that learning with with younger, with the younger generation. Yeah, so it was really, it was really awesome because we were able to take this peacemaking curriculum called PeaceWise. It's a kind of a partner organization in Australia who has created an entire curriculum that they actually use in their schools there. And we were able to use, and we had to kind of combine, right, some of the years because they have one for each year all the way up through graduation and we didn't have that much time. And so what we did was we created three different groups and combined some of the some of the modules so that we would hit all of the the same points that their parents were learning about what what it means to be a peacemaker, what is a peacemaker. And one of my favorite kind of little uh, stories was when I think it was the last day and one of the high school students told me that their younger sibling, who's three, came up and kind of slapped slapped her on the arm, not hard, right, but said, this is not being a peacemaker. But then he took his hand and he uh, gently touched her arm and, and he said, this is being a peacemaker. And I, I love that visual, right? That even a, a three-year-old can share that with an older sibling and be able to really grasp what it means to be a peacemaker and what it means not to be a peacemaker. And so, yeah, so it was just really cool to be able to do that and, and see how, again, the families were able to use a lot of the same common language. So, yeah. Today, we're talking with Tara Wolf. She's a volunteer who served with the Office of International Mission and also director of Next Generation Ministries at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. We're going to continue the conversation with Tara about how she had the opportunity to serve as a volunteer with Kids Camp in an international setting. And we'll learn more about that opportunity for you to serve as a volunteer as well in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golfeth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. 
Today we're learning uh, from Tara Wolf. She's a volunteer with the Office of International Mission, also director of Next Generations Ministries, the Redeemer Lutheran Church in Fort Collins, Colorado, who served as a volunteer with Kids Camp and in an international setting, and also talking with Krista Young. She is the partnership coordinator for LCMS Africa region. So Tara, before we went to break, we were learning about your opportunity serving as a volunteer with Kids Camp in an international setting and what that was like for you as a volunteer, the opportunity to to step in as an educator, but also as a volunteer and spend some time with kids in this international setting. And, and we talked about how you prepared and what you got to do while you were there. What did you learn while in the setting as a volunteer? Well, that at Everyone, no matter where they are, needs help in being a peacemaker. So the rest of the team and I have talked about how the missionary families in their lives, how much they've given up, right, to share the love of Jesus and how that's pretty overwhelming and how in their context, they need to learn how to be peacemakers. And the same thing for their kids as well. And our team uh, member who worked with the preschool kids shared how joyful it was to see how the kids really caught on to what it means to be a peacemaker. And by the end of our time together, I could even observe them, you know, figuring out what was peacemaking, holding the door, sharing toys, that type of thing. And and then our middle age group, the eight through 12 year olds, uh, overhearing the conversations that they were having was just really touching to me to be able to see how they were able to kind of grab on to a lot of those principles. And so I also learned from them. And especially I worked uh, mainly with the high school students and really learning about some of the challenges that they face as missionary kids. You know, it's important to understand this idea of being a third culture kid. So our missionary kids and teens are growing up as third culture kids, meaning they're not growing up as many other American kids and teens are, but they're growing up in a different culture while still retaining their identity as American. So it's a it's a third culture that they're growing up in. And so it was really fascinating to me to hear how many of the struggles are the, are the same, right, across the board, but also just some unique challenges that they have in in serving in different areas of the world. You know, I also was able to to learn how important it is that that everyone has kind of the same commonality of language and and dealing with peacemaking especially in families, you know, that families could have conversations about what it means to apply this in their day-to-day situations and how and parents were learning about it and kids were learning about the similar concepts but in their own developmentally appropriate ways. So, it was it was just really neat to hear from them and also to see how they were able to kind of start to put things into practice. So then how did this service as a volunteer impact the ways that you serve now and in your daily life now that you're now that you're back from serving as a volunteer? So I think first and foremost, it, it impacts me here to remind me that even on the other side of the world and here, we support parents as the main faith leaders in their kids' lives and give parents the opportunities to extend those conversations to become closer in their relationship with Jesus and and their kids is the same. And it's it's the same here, right, in America as it is for those serving abroad where we, we need to be building up parents. And that's been a good reminder, right, for my daily work here at home as well. And it's also helped me remember how important it is to be available to those who don't know Jesus or who are unfamiliar with what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So when we first arrived in Cairo, it kind of felt like we were dropped into a video game and had no idea what the rules of the environment were. And so we had some guides that helped us understand the context and the history of the country and, you know, the language, things that we 
we really didn't fully grasp before we got there. And, and so we were kind of encountering all these new experiences. And it reminds me here that we're, that there are so many people, you know, who don't know the love of Jesus and who haven't really either come to the knowledge or the realization of the love that God has for them in Christ Jesus. So maybe they've like heard about Jesus, kind of like I, I read about, you know, Egypt and different things. But if they haven't really experienced Jesus and a growing relationship with him, they may not really realize what that means to have that real experience with Jesus. And so it reminds me that we're called to do this as missionaries in our daily lives so that all may know his love and and be connected to him. So just, I don't know, just as we needed guides in Cairo, like who helped us to know what to do and give us context, there are people in my neighborhood and your neighborhood and community uh, that need context and guidance to help understand who Jesus is, for us to show them grace, to help them know that Jesus loves them. And so really the impact on my life has been a series of questions, right? So do I serve others in the way that the guides that we encountered helped us and served us? Do I do I help others to feel comfortable asking questions and learning more about Jesus? Do I help others to see that Jesus loves them? And do they see that through my words and actions? So I guess the bottom line is the impact has been one of questions about how I can connect others to Jesus and see where God is calling me to do that. So now that you've had this experience serving as a volunteer, who would you recommend consider serving, applying to serve as a volunteer on a team like this? Anyone who's up for an adventure uh, and willing to be flexible, whether you're willing to be flexible or not, it's key for serving, especially in a cross-cultural situation. I would really recommend people who like to spend time with kids and teenagers and who are ready to serve as a guide in, in their faith walk, as well as to really listen and get to know them. I'm not sure of the minimum age requirements. Uh, Krista can answer that, but I think it's a great opportunity you know, for the priesthood of all believers in all ages to get involved and to grow in their own faith walk as well as supporting our missionaries on the international field. So really anyone who likes to work with kids and teens and who, who's ready to kind of see where God will take them and, and what he'll do through them. So Krista, what are the needs for volunteers for this year? Excellent question. The first thing that comes to mind is the next opportunity to do something similar to what Tara did is in October with the Africa retreat or continuing education. So the parents will have a full day of programming, conferencing for their continuing ed. And that that program has been in the past, it's been kind of geared like a VBS, it's been topical, but this is the very first time that we've had the same material or the same type of material that the adults have gone through. And we heard really great feedback about that. And, and really, I just have to say, it was Tara's expertise that really brought that together. So that was really fun. Since COVID, you know, we didn't have volunteers traveling. And so we're just gearing things back up again. And so the servenow.lcms.org is um, the place to look. And as we, as bishops and church leaders in the church bodies in Africa, request volunteers and request opportunities, that's where they'll be posted. So similar to the things we were doing post or pre-COVID, but we're just now gearing things back up again and talking to them as countries are opening up about what could, what could we be doing. I do want to say, Tara talked about minimum age requirements. We had a family serve before um, 
the parents came and led the the children's programming and they brought their middle school students along and those students participated as you know and got to know our missionary kids as well so we've had people come as as a family unit and that's that was a real blessing for us to get to know them and for that family as well but if you're coming individually the age requirement would be at least 18 so that you can travel independently and because it's international travel so You've got our interest now. Tara shared a wonderful story about her great experience. What's the next step? Uh, how should a, a person considering serving as a volunteer take the next step? What should they do? Well, it depends. If you're interested specifically in Africa, I'm your contact person. So krista.young at lcms.org. But if you want to see opportunities across all of the regions, it's the servenow.lcms.org. And things are listed there. And what are what the opportunities, what country, dates, all of the information that you need. And if you have questions, um, you can call, you can email, you can send a postcard, ask us, we're, we're here to, we want to, we want to engage in those conversations. What do potential volunteers need to consider in terms of serving what expectations or, or what should they expect to like uh, financially cover those types of things? Well, it really depends on where you're going. So for instance, places in Africa will have different requirements for shots than other places will. The costs will be different depending on where you're going and how long you're going to be. I can say for Africa that the volunteers are usually asked to cover or raise funds for their playing tickets. And then <clears throat> their ground transportation or the ground costs once they get there, depending on the program for this children's program, the the Africa field covers the ground cost once they get to the event. But if you were coming to do a different kind, then we average around 1200 to 1500 a person for a week or two. And that includes your food and your travel and your interpreters and people, you know, helping to get you where you need to be safely. So if someone is interested, but maybe not quite ready to go apply, what are some other things that people can be thinking about in, in terms of in terms of serving internationally, being a volunteer? What are some th- good things, good resources for people to be considering as, as they as they look forward to maybe volunteering in the future? Well, I'm an advocate for lifelong learning. And so there's a lot of books and resources, websites that will help you understand different cultures. And America, really, there's all, I mean, usually in any neighborhood in your congregation, hopefully even near your congregation will be different people from different countries. And so spending time with them, becoming a friend. The St. Louis area has something called Friends of New America, where you can connect with a refugee Um Having your, having your children make friends with people from different countries in their schools, just an understanding and sometimes even honestly paying attention to the news around the world, not just in our own backyard and recognizing that the church, God's church is global and it's, and it's growing and it's and doing, God is doing amazing things around the world. And sometimes we just have to kind of lift our eyes up and look around and see what God is doing. Again, the website servenow.lcms.org. Mm-hmm. You can see the opportunities to serve, and that it sounds like it's ever growing, constantly changing, yeah. as, as as you mentioned, as yeah, so check countries back. open up. So mm-hmm. check it frequently. Our guest today, Tara Wolf, volunteer with Office of International Mission and director of Next Generation Ministries at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Tara, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour and sharing your wonderful story Yay. with us. Thanks, thank Tara. you. 
and Krista Young, a partnership coordinator for LCMS Africa region. Krista, thanks so much for spending some time with us, sharing this wonderful opportunity with us. Thank you. It's been, I'm, I'm hoping to see people and you know, you could also volunteer Andy. That would be fun. Yeah. We could work something out. We could just take the whole, you yeah, know, bring coffee your hour. microphone. Yeah, that's right. Let's bring do it, it to uh, Africa. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.